Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and... Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for ten years. So I was saying last Thursday that Kerry Galway would be the game of the weekend, and I was absolutely right. Putting on Mayo in Dublin, I don't know what they're doing. Sure, Mayo can't beat Dublin, we all know that. So it's now 16 games since they haven't beaten them. But the, the Galway one, Kerry one, looked like a fantastic game. It was a late comeback from Kerry. And there's something about comebacks in the league so far, Colin. Colin Kelly, by the way, welcome to the show. Thanks, Wally, thank you. So there's something about comebacks. I don't want to bring up Tip's comeback in Drogheda yesterday, which we'll get to in a while. Fermanagh came back 9-3 uh, down against uh, Roscommon. Cavan came back twice against Westmead. Kerry came back, like I mentioned last week. Leash got two goals in injury time to come back. Have we read anything into comebacks, or is this just a pure coincidence? Or maybe a big, strong win yesterday might have <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that w- probably played a part in yesterday's comebacks. Um, I don't know about Leash and, and Roscommon. Um, you know, when you look at Evan O'Carroll's goal, it was a stunning strike. But yes, bullet. I was at the Loudoun Tipperary match yesterday, and definitely the conditions had a huge amount to play in the comeback from from Tipperary. So, you know, and and you know, we'll probably talk about the sin bin and later on of of Killian McDade, but obviously, you know, that helped in in Kerry's goals also. Yeah, well, it definitely did. So Killian McDade, we might as well mention it now. He was sin binned on sixty three minutes. What a anyone who agrees with the sin bin would say this is exactly when the black card didn't work and this is exactly when the sin bin does work because you're down to 14 men Conan and he ended up in the sin bin for 12 minutes instead of 10 yeah it's 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 obviously a great thing though because this is when people are going to be cynical they'll drag you down so instead of them getting a fresh sub on and you having a free 70 yards out you know 14 men for the most important time of the game but that's when the ref needs to be more honest. Like, you can't, you can't two minutes out of ten. Like, that's a big chunk. What, what's the matter? Well, now, now, from reading about this, is that Galway were 
at fault in a way in that there was two minutes of possession. So this kick out might have come out and you're on to nine minutes, 50 seconds and you can't bring on the, the sub back on until a break in play. So the kick out goes out. Now you're over your 10 minutes. He can't come on. Galloway are playing a possession game trying to run down the clock and they're running down their own. Is That was my reading of it, Colin, from League Sunday. Whether, whether I don't know if it was yours. Yeah, like... You know who's the on, who's the onus on to make sure the player gets back into play. Well, the onus on the the referee is on the timer. Yeah. But what I would have thought from a management point of view, which you've been in, not with the sin bin, someone in the backroom team has to also have their watch, right? And have some like I'm sure yeah. management teams are going to learn as they go along. Well, you know, management teams are that big now. You know, Parik Joyce has gotten an awful lot right um, since he's taken over as Galway manager, and I'm sure now this is another learning curve for him. And, and obviously. From a management point of view, you'd like to think that if you're on the sideline, you'd be doing all you can and you'd have those strategies thought out that an eventuality of this happening, you'd, you'd have a me- mechanism to get that, you know, Killian McDade back in as quick as you can. Yeah. And trying to run down the clock, as I said to you, initially what you were doing is you were playing with 14 men and attracting an offensively very strong team onto you in the closing stages of a game. So, you know, probably learning, learning code for everybody. Um, could they have done it better? Possibly, but as I said, you're going forward, um, Galway look as if they're progressing in a nice fashion. So I'm sure, you know, it's a small... It's just a small little thing, yeah. yeah. But uh, just, uh, like, uh, I wouldn't have the fault on the referee, Conor. I would more have it on... What the hell were Galway doing? (laughs) I know, but like, there are big phases of play now. It's going to happen a lot where people have the ball for two minutes. It would seem harsh. Like, Galway are trying to get the ball out from a kick-out. So we can understand... Like, you know, what they're doing. They're, they're trying to get possession. But surely there should be... <laughs> we always go back into rule changes after the rules have been brought in. But let the linesman should look after the 10 minutes and then bring him in behind the ball. Or something. You know, so he's not just coming in in the full forward line unmarked. The linesman can say, right, you're all right to go in now. Right, so the, the break and play, you think, is the issue. Cause yeah, that, because yeah. it could be three minutes. Like, you know, and then suddenly it could be 13 minutes. Like That, that will happen a lot, that you'll be over the 10-minute mark. I, I know, but would you not... Would you not think in the situation that once it went over 10 minutes and Galway were in possession of the ball that, you know, it would have been another area where they could have probably run down the clock a little bit more by getting the ball out of play, getting the, you know, killing McDead back in? It's it's a tough one to call. Um, yeah, how would you get word out into the field? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, to do you know like the, look, it's, it's, it's a great talking point for us and for everybody else. And as I said to you, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a small problem for Park Joyce going forward today that, that it actually happened, but... I'm sure now going forward, teams will have, you know, huge emphasis on making sure that this doesn't happen but again. But they're timing it as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. So Porrick Joyce said afterwards, he was livid, by the way. He said we were the better team and they were. They had goal chances um, in the first half that it didn't take. I love this quote and this is great. It's just it's so obvious what Porrick Joyce is trying to do in there. And some of their forward play looks great. We started to go backwards and sideways. This is at the very end. This is when they're running down Killian McDade's, <laughs> but this wasn't in this context. He said, we started to go backwards and sideways what we're trying to get out of our game. So, like, Parik Joyce is just watching Galway for the last four years going, by Jesus, if I ever get them, yeah. they won't be... Because uh, we'll talk about Mead and Donegal in the second, in the second part, lads. We'll analyse that. The amount of times you're going sideways and backwards and forwards not taking on responsibility to go and, especially for Mead, recycling it. And then you're back out to where you started when the ball was kicked mm. in initially. I just don't get it. And they're clearly trying to get out of their play. And Porrick Joyce doesn't like it. <laughs> Who got the goal, Willie? Johnny Heaney. Johnny Heaney, attacking cornerback. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He's pick- we were talking, Colin, here that a lot of teams are going to start picking kind of halfbacks, maybe even half forwards, cornerback. Because every team now is playing with a two man full forward line. So why is your benefit of having a cornerback, you know, which isn't 
a natural footballer out around the field, why not just play a more attacking player there? Yeah, I actually seen the quote from from Park Joyce on on television last night, and he actually was, you know, it wasn't just a, a, a quote thrown out there. He he looked really genuinely yeah. wide because they were going forwards and backwards. I'm after seeing three or four games now. I've seen Loud playing two matches in the National League. I've seen some games on television as everyone else. Look at Donegal yesterday. And the amount of times I can understand Porrick Joyce's frustration because as well as being a coach and a manager, he played as an inside forward and a very, very good one. Um, you know, what What was pleasing for me was someone who I admire and, and probably think is, is technically one of the greatest footballers I've seen in a long, long time in Shane Walsh. Um, Park Joyce hasn't doing what he does best now. Yeah. He's not coming deep. He's not foraging. He's playing as a, you know, as a, as 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 an advanced forward, and and you can see his return yesterday. So I think things like that were exceptional. But you know, the amount of times team goes goes backwards is just it's shocking. You know, yeah. from from advanced positions ending up back with your goalkeeper and switching. That's the, the play worst again. thing. It's shocking. That you you work so hard to get it down. Your full forward mm. wins it. So he's got a one-on-one situation and now maybe there's another man inside him and instead of taking a shot on, mm. he'll go back to the wing forward and back and now you're back out to the midfielder who might go back to the centre-back and you're starting <laughs> all over again. Yeah, you, you mentioned it, Meath were particularly Oh, they were bad. desperate in the first, with uh, the wind. Yeah, Brian Menton played this unbelievable 50-yard pass in over the full-back line. Neil McGee was sort of at sixes and sevens and it ended up back out where Menton kicked Oh it. my God. And the crowd were groaning. I, I don't want to give away the given out for this part two but like, I mean, no, it was just Christ almighty. It was like, and with a gale force wind to make it even worse. If you get a ball in the full forward line with a gale force wind, Colin, you're a corner forward this is fairy tale stuff. Like you have to be taking a shot there. Yeah, well, like that was the, that was the fantastic thing about Galway and Kerry. Some of the point taken was exceptional. Exceptional, yeah. Um, you know, from from both sets of teams, it was was fantastic. But the reluctance from 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 players now to take on the responsibility of of you know shooting for goal. I see fellas, you know, coming onto the ball with with strong breeze behind them and technically really good players stepping inside the forty five straight in front of the goals get a minute space and, and rather than pull the trigger and execute the shot to shifting it sideways and recycling and recycling you're not going to get a better look at times no. and it's you know what wins keeping possession or getting scores and, and as you can see the the score count in our, in our matches over the weekend was, was shocking like 7, 8, 9, 10 points a game it's ridiculous and the funny thing is kicking a score and it going wide isn't a turnover like the, you're, you're starting mm. again from a set play so it's not like kicking a wide is a is as bad a sin as you know a turnover on the forty five where you're killing your team. Why not take a shot? What yeah. can happen? What's the worst that can happen? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Take a shot with the wind. I don't get it. I wasn't even that accurate, and I'd be shooting. <laughs> like you don't get that many balls, do you, Colin? With the chance with a chance of shooting. <laughs> no, it's the same yourself as found a shoot. <laughs> you are, yeah, you <laughs> definitely were. Come here. We'll talk about Mead and Donegal definitely in, in um in the second half. Uh, Mayo lost again against Dublin and lads to be honest with you this it's almost nostalgia keeps this as a rivalry if we're being honest because it's not now it's 16 games uh, 13 defeats 3 draws that's the closest Mayo got to beating Dublin uh, Mayo went down to 14 men um, and that was in the 14th minute and to, look to be honest with you I don't think it was a red card I think it was a yellow card clumsy uh, John Small wasn't hurt it was it wasn't a... I don't think it was that dangerous a tackle, to be honest with you. He kind of jumped into him. When that, If that's a red card, you're moving into kind of soccer territory at that stage, aren't you? The, there is something, like, 
I'm not put out the f- by the fact that it's a red card because I feel like we're sitting here every week and we're justifying clotheslines and then after a while it's like I, I, like I would have been well, happy see, if that was a yellow but, but that was I see I, I would struggle I think if John Small was running a huge pace past him and he did that and it was a, like a whiplash effect John Small was just kind of soloing slowly towards him it wasn't it wasn't a clothesline as such it was more of a, a clumsy forearm it was an awkward tackle for me no I, I definitely don't think it was a red card I, if you're a manager standing on the sideline there I could understand James Horan being furious to be honest which is his arms were high and John Small came into him but it, it was nothing that you'd look if you know if you were sitting in the match watching it you wouldn't be saying Jesus Christ he has the goal like you know so yeah but John Small wasn't running at pace I would take no. your point if he was Conan I would say Jesus you know what I mean yeah but like honestly like, I would have been happy with a yellow there and I wouldn't yeah. have thought about it again but there is some, I feel like you know, we do talk about these tackles and there's a culture now this isn't to put it on Jordan Flynn's door or Mayo's but there is that culture of having to leave something on a player like you have to like, contact you don't get that much time anymore to make a clean tackle so you just have to put contact on yeah. and again it's harsh that Mayo are the ones like you know being singled out for it but maybe there is something that needs to be done in that sense like because that is the idea go in and make him feel like you're present yeah but I think that's what a yellow card's for stop <sighs> yeah. doing it you know like Niall Scully got a yellow card in the second half it was a desperately harsh yellow card like I mean he did nothing so they're definitely clamping down on high tackles James Horan said anyone I've met since uh, er, anyone I've met since thought it was very very harsh but we'll have a look at it later and see so this was in the post-match interview so mm. the only people James Horn has spoken to are his own players so like, <laughs> he needs to look at a more objective <laughs> bunch to, <laughs> to find and I out. saw Andy on analysis that <laughs> didn't <laughs> think it was but, but Conan makes a very valid point there's an awful emphasis now on stopping the opposition running at you you know at all costs and if you get a guy that's 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 coming at you really pacey off the shoulder you know once he breaks that tackle you're he, in trouble he, you're in trouble yeah, yeah. initially so like I'm not saying I'm not saying it's encouraged in any fashion, but there is a huge emphasis on 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 defensive plays now to make sure you stop the runners, stop them yeah. in all cases. Right, right. And it, it still for me wasn't a red card. Um, yeah. You know, it was just clumsy, uh, clumsy, clumsy, but not more not than, dangerous. More yeah. Than dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Dean Rock's goal, lads. This was a this is one of the most unbelievable goals that you'll ever see. The tight angle, but. Am I right or wrong? I had to rewind this a few different times. I thought he did it with his right hand. It came off his left hand. Now I'm wondering, was this, was this a fluke? Did they not do both? No, I, I, I rewound it a few times. I think maybe it glanced his front first hand. I don't know. Jesus, it's, it's, if I'm going to say it's a fluke, it's a very harsh <laughs> thing to say. But it, def- it seemed to hit the hand I didn't think it, hit, it was supposed to hit. It's hard to, it's, it's hard to definitely make out what his, his, his motion was in terms of contact. I read somewhere this morning, I think it was um, John McGrath had something on Twitter to say, was he actually trying to catch the ball? And I I don't know. I think catching the ball wouldn't have been any benefit to him. He would have been taking it over the end line. I do think he was maybe trying to flick it, but I thought the natural thing was to catch it with with his strong right hand. Well, maybe he was catching it for Mark. Oh, no, it couldn't be a mark. Because McManaman was inside inside the the 40. Yeah, 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 okay, right, so, so it couldn't be a mark, right? So, no, well, you know... What, what, whatever it definitely caught the goalkeeper by surprise oh there's no doubt yeah. no it was a brilliant it was a br- it was like a glancing header yeah. I don't know Conan I, I, look, I could be completely out of order on Dean Rock here I think he'd been a bit harsh yeah. <laughs> like he he did try one against Kerry as well hit the post I think he was going for it over the bar against Kerry it was just a tight angle and he tried to like, flick it on and hit the post and went wide so he's got previous over the last two weeks now and I thought it was both hands that he got on it and pushed yeah, no, it was, up over the keeper yeah if it was both hands if it hit both it 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the, 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 I, and I did rewind it three different times, yeah, yeah. and it's only the very last camera angle that gives you an idea. The yeah. others are too. Look, it, you know, you have to kind of give him the benefit of doubt. Um, yeah, it, it, it was, I agree. Like, you know, as Conan said, he has he has done stuff like this before, and you know, the amount of times he scored goals with, with palmed efforts is is huge. So. You know, you'd have to say to him, "Listen, go with the forward here." Yeah, we'll go with the forward. Uh, okay, I should Andy Moran, the, the kind of, I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, always kind of rooted for Mayo against Dublin. You know, in the last ten years, and hope would have loved to have seen him win one. And now I'm kind of like Jesus. You know, they're just consistently losing to them now, and they're not getting close to them. And I don't know. I'd be frustrated looking at them at home there. I know they were down to 14 men, but they didn't really lay a glove on them in the second half. And then Andy Moran's all kind of positive after the game. And he's like, Jesus, a lot of positives to take from that. I'm like, what are they? <laughs> right, your full back played well. Big deal. Yeah, he's a good young lad. There's not that many positives taken out of that now, if we're being honest. And Brawley, in fairness to him, pulled up. He said, you'd want to be an extremely positive. You'd want to be extremely positive to take a lot of positives out of that. And he was dead right. Like... I, he wasn't hitting the tone I thought a Mayo person should have been hitting. I would have been a little bit more down in the dumps as a Mayo person after losing again to Dublin. Yeah. You'd probably like to see a little bit more from them in the early stages of the league if they're going if, if, if to be a factor later on in the summer. Um, you still see Lee Keegan coming back in, Keith McLaughlin coming back in, yeah, or Kevin McLaughlin Kevin coming McLaughlin. back in. You know, Colin Boyle is still big stakeholder to play, Aidan O'Shea. You know, it's all the same names and... and but the new names aren't top, aren't going to replace them. No, they're not they're near their level. You know that's and and for me that's the key. Whereas you can see huge progression with with, with Galway, and you're always saying if Kerry, you know, if, if Kerry can sort out some of the defensive issues um, that was highlighted even again last night by the Galway guys running at them, um, they have a chance. But you know it's difficult to see Mayo bridging that gap. <laughs> Yeah. Really, I I don't know. It could be you know you could be totally wrong. It's very early in the season, and they have a tendency to, you know, to contend late into the summer, and I'm sure that won't change. But you see Galway now, you know, making a big big yeah. big big case for themselves on the apologise. And the, the reality of Mayo is that they were destroyed by both Dublin and Kerry, who seem to have moved ahead of them. And the danger for Mayo now is that Donegal and Galway are going to move ahead of them. That's the way I look at it with Mayo. Yeah, and like again, we're always at this time of year we're looking at who Mayo have that can freshen it up a little bit. And just a couple of balls yesterday, and I was thinking, ah, come on, Saturday night, Ryan O'Donoghue was fifty yards out in the middle of goals. You know, just had a chance to pick a pass in front of James Carr, and it just like drilled it in on his head like you know with a double man up his arse and just could have been bounced in front of him and an easy score and there was little things like this Fergal Fergal Boland you were talking about taking the shot on but Aidan O'Shea had like wrestled out of three players popped it to Stephen Cohen who popped it to Boland the shot wasn't on for those two but Boland tried to shoot anyway got blocked down double went down had an attack there were just little things like this where you're like ah oh, this this isn't the it's not the level. top level like, yeah. no it's not what you need yeah no I completely agree um, Boland now that you mentioned him got a terrible little mark mark, but yeah. it's a, a, an undeserved mark and O'Hagan for down did you see that in the highlights yeah. last night just gets a mark this is to put them a point up I'd say you must have been tearing your head out he doesn't deserve a free <laughs> shot for that <laughs> to yeah. go a point up against Derry I'm starting to calculate how, how far the 20 metres is well Boland no, wasn't like, 20 I don't think so no way and no he way. took on a really risky shot outside of the boot outside on the, of the right boot, hand yeah. side great score great Boston. score yeah do you think, Colin? Um, yeah, I think it's it's difficult, Oli. Like the, the twenty yard. The, I'm not a fan of the mark. I seen I seen Tomas O'Shea quoting somewhere that 
you know, it's you're giving giving a guy a free shot of goals for for catching the ball. Now, I I feel it does have a part to play. There was a couple of great instances yesterday in Drogheda, Samuel Ryan in particular. There was a great ball in by young guys making his debut on his second appearance in Loud and Samuel Ryan College. So there is instance where delighted with it but then you see phases where guys just breaking off an inside line 20 yards it's like Australian rules football yeah and but you're giving them a free shot the like, I, I, one, I don't know the O'Higgin one from down wasn't even a forward ball this was a cross yeah, yeah. like this wasn't even an offensive kick yeah this was a sideways kick yeah. which we, we want to get out of the game and then like that, that's how you as a Derry fan you're, you're just hopeless then because the whole game stops and it's like a free for nothing yeah. like, you know yeah. everybody has to go away and let them shoot yeah look we won't get too much in it Connor Lane lads one of the big biggest names in refereeing in the country I'm not going to say best Jesus, he got every penalty decision wrong yesterday for <laughs> Mead and Donegal. So they were all Jamie Brennan, who <laughs> was absolutely sensational. So the first one, he gave him a free on the 21 metre line. He was clearly being fouled inside the box. If, well, I don't know was he even being fouled, but if it, was a, if it was a free, it had to be a penalty. So I'm looking at that going, he just got fouled pretty much at the top of the small square. And you've given a free on the edge of the box. How is that possible? Then he gives two penalties that are clearly outside the box, that the momentum mm. brings them inside the box. Three penalty decisions he got wrong in the first half alone. Discuss. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, I, really. I'm not so, I'm not so sure on the Conor McGill one. Um, I, I'm probably going to slightly disagree with you on that one. I'm not, I'm not you so... You think that was inside? I, I do. Well... Look, it, it, it's border. It was borderline. The, the, the yeah. first one was definitely outside. Okay, I do agree with you. The first three, I couldn't understand why he was given a a, a, a close in free um, when it's obvious the, the foul happened for me inside the. Yeah, so that's the, that the first one. Now we've two penalties. Then mm. after that, but these guys don't look. The problem for me is, like, it's so frustrating as a manager to sit there and. You have to bite your tongue. You can't say, and it's great now to be able to say here and, <laughs> and comment on this. Like, but why can these guys not explain? You know where they're at. You know, are they getting? Are they getting help from umpires? Are they getting help from linesmen? You know, who's who's assisting them in these calls? Like, but like to get all the calls wrong. Yeah, it, it, I don't think it really affected the game because I think there was justice in the first one because Marcus Brennan made a brilliant save. I think the second one actually was a penalty. I think it's slightly inside the box, so I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Yeah. Then there was a case for the one with um, Michael Murphy. At the end, another borderline one. Yeah. You know, was, was it inside, was it outside? That was um, on the line, I think. I'm going yeah. to give him a break for that one. Because it was on the, the line. three got wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, these are huge, huge calls. Yeah. It's it, unusual you know. to have three borderline penalties in the same game, isn't mm. it? But like the huge calls, when you see the, 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 the emphasis the team's putting in preparation you know and, and what goes into preparing a team f- for you to be done by a refereeing decision and and I'm not saying that really cost me yesterday but um, you know the, the decisions that we need to get right yeah. it's so frustrating for management for players and, and um, as I said to you like everyone else is accountable so f- why referees you know even explain themselves. Let's let's know what's the thought process behind these. Decisions. Yeah, yeah. They don't seem to have any appetite to do that. They definitely don't. Like I suppose maybe it's just the whole amateur thing and having mm. to go out in front of the media. I don't know. But the McGill, the fullback Connor McGill, got sin bin for the second penalty, and it just it's a double whammy. Really, it's like that mm-hmm. soccer last man back red card penalty and the red card. That's a killer altogether. And you have to wonder: is the penalty enough in that situation? Is Connor McGill? 
a penalty in Gaelic football now is is eighty percent sure it's going to be safe since it was brought in. Is it going to be scored since it was brought in? Is Conor McGill cynically taking him down there, or is he desperately trying to stop him scoring? Yeah, that that's a good point. Like he was trying to tackle. It wasn't like yeah. I can't tackle you, so tripping your heels. Exactly. And, uh, so that's can't really. It's harsh to give a yeah. black. And they both tripped the over each other. It is a foil. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's cynical. Their legs getting tangled. Penalty, yeah. Like, yeah, I'd like to think that like Conor McGill is in a standing fullback. Um, all-star nomination this year and I, I'd like to think that in that situation you know maybe the thought process goes out the window but like he was in on goal he was probably going to score a goal so I don't think he would have taken the chance of it I, I thought he was actually falling in the process of tackling him yeah. and, and I thought he bundled him over so for me like the rule is the rule so we did take him then and, and it, you know it looked for all intents and poor it's Cynical, so you can't have one rule for black card in the box and another rule out. So he had to go from, yeah. from my point of view, but I don't actually think he was being cynical. I think he was genuinely trying to make a tackle, and he just you know got unbalanced, got tangled up, and and pulled him to the ground. But because that's rules thing, are rules. If a lad's going through, do you just say Jesus? I'll just let him shoot, or even though because you're desperate at that stage to stop him, or do you desperately try to go at? Try to put a hand in, and then you could risk yeah. getting a. If you know. you know, if if that was the same situation, and say he had he had a line break, and it was outside the small parallelogram. Say it was in the twenty meter line, he was crossing. Well, then you have to say to yourself, right, okay, he's taken one for the team here because yeah, it would be more obvious. Then, it's it's right? more obvious then, but like I think it was a goal situation anyway. Uh, I, it looked as if he probably knew it was a penalty. He probably knew it was a goal situation. So I don't think he was. He was he was leaving it to his goalkeeper to to, to bail him out of jail. So I, I think myself he probably got him balanced, stumbled a wee bit, and and was trying, you know, hundred percent to put in an effective tackle, and it just it, it didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't uh, work out. I think Conor Angel when he's right there though to say that he didn't deliberately pull him down. Like so that's obviously the rule it has to be a deliberate pull down. Like you, you can bring people down, but as long as it's not deliberate, and if he is tackling and they both trip. Yeah. Lane can say, look, it's definitely a foil, but I don't think it was deliberate, so I don't think it was a black card. The only thing for just just on the, for referees who are giving penalties, because it happened to Mark Timmons last week for Leash, mm. and I don't think anybody gives away a penalty. Giving away a penalty is pretty much a goal, so I don't. I think referees need to st- stop and think: is the black card? You know what I mean? Is it deliberate? Yeah. Or is it a desperate effort to stop a goal? Yeah. There's two different, you know. That, that, that's my point. Yeah. You know, if they're inside there, a fella's clever enough to know, like, like you know, they're probably going to score. So, you know, why spend ten minutes? And what are you? Be- as well? Yeah. What are you well, benefiting you, you from know, deliberately doing? Benefiting. So yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. why I don't think McGill actually mm. was cynical in what he was doing. I think it was a genuine effort to make the tackle. He just got tangled up. Yeah, exactly. So Division Two lads, as predicted, is a bloodbath. Nobody wants to go down into Tier Two. Um, wait until you hear this Leash are on three points top of the table lads no problems here Roscommon are on one point which is very surprising and the other six teams are all on two points in the middle so they've all beat each other obviously Fermanagh winning Clare winning and Cavan winning all got them up into two points and beat teams that were already on two points um, Leash had a, 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 an outstanding win um, against Armagh I made an awful balls of this on Saturday night lads so I landed down to a Moor Park at about half past six <laughs> and I always park in super value underneath the car park and I was looking at my watch says geez I'm early now I'll be freezing so I headed into super value I bought myself a few beers for after the match for when I went home put them back in the car strolling up to the match and then looked around and says why is nobody walking into this f- stupid game and then looked at the phone and the game started at six I was livid I started sprinting then I realised it's 
25 to 7 it's half time <laughs> then I started walking so I'm all flustered at this stage and then I get in and a few port leash dads start telling me that I waited till half time to get in for nothing and I said I have a bloody press pass sure that's not good <laughs> so I got in anyways it was 8-2 to leash unbelievable stuff and just saw some of Ev- um, Evan O'Carroll's scores in the first half on the highlights last night but in the second half like Leash were solid and Leash, other than a little bit of a rally at the start of the second half by Armagh, which Leash kind of, you know, put a stop to, Armagh were desperate lads. They were absolutely desperate. And Kier McGinney said after the game, he said, we just didn't play well. We were poor from start to finish. We got in trouble, gave the ball away, poor shots from play, poor shots in action, poor passes. I could go through the whole list and he's not wrong on all of that. They were terrible. And he says, now, I don't want to take away from Leash who were good and did what they had to do he said this was I thought was an interesting comment we were just poor but obviously that stops with me and whatever we were doing during the week just didn't work and I was thinking Colin what the hell could they have been doing during the week sure like I presume every team is doing the same thing recovery on Tuesday and a bit of football on Thursday night getting ready for the weekend I think it's moved on a little bit from the time you were playing. Um, <laughs> well, I'm only talking about the group sessions on the field or whatever. Like a yeah. light, to be a light session Tuesday, right? Like you wouldn't be going mad. The, look, you, you you don't know in terms of you know analysis what they're looking at, um, the setup, what they're taking from the previous games. But the one thing you know, I I, I like Geezer. I think he's done this an outstanding job with, with Armagh, and he never looks for the blame anywhere else. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's an angle that he's putting it up and just saying, listen. I got it wrong. Um, taking the so you maybe t- you maybe think their analysis of leash he got wrong. I'm t- I was I, I was thinking I, on does, the field. Maybe does, you're right. Does, I didn't does, think of that. Does different does different phases of you know of, of of your preparation from you know and you don't have a huge amount of turnaround now. It's not like like Premier teams in England where you're in you know every day of the week or whatever. Yeah. These guys probably were meeting twice, three times a week, whatever it is. As you said, once rightly so would be recovery. You know, you're probably analysing your own performance. You're trying to get a handle on what Leash is going to bring to the table. But, you know, as I said, you, like you wouldn't have got a huge pile wrong in, in terms of training and, and what pitch work you'd be doing between Friday. Could they have, you, you know, worked a little bit harder maybe one of the nights? Could they have been a little bit more intense? It's hard to know. Um, but the one thing, you know, for me, you know, when I look at someone like Ezra, I see a guy that's, that's totally honest and... You know, for me, I, I would presume there, like, he's, he's taking the heat away from his players and he's saying, listen, you know, players win games, managers lose them. Because yeah. he's, he's fairly brave because, let's be honest, his record with Armagh hasn't been outstanding for five years. Like, I mean, they flatter to deceive a lot. I was so disappointed with them. You know, I talk up Armagh a lot. I think they're good. They've great potential. I don't know. I think maybe they're where Galway were four years ago just inconsistent can't get that level of consistency going with good forwards but not getting the best out of them I, I don't know like, that's a kick in the arse to them Conan because was Oshin O'Neill speaking about tar- remember I said targeting targeting Cavan targeting Cavan for what the last six weeks and then being asleep it's for like, Leash oh shit we've got six days until Leash like, yeah. Yeah, maybe the maybe the analysis just wasn't as in depth maybe he did get the analysis wrong because he was focusing on Cavan for so long yeah. but the reality is they have you know four more games now after like after that Cavan match, they were always going to have the rest of the league to play. So yeah, that's a danger with such a lead time into the first league game. Is it, Colin, that you go, right, we're hitting this one, and all of a sudden, shit, we haven't mentioned anything about these <laughs> yeah, six, I, six, I, six I days. I don't know. You, like, as a manager, you sit down, you have to plan out all, you, you know, all your road trips, all your home matches, you know, 
I don't think there's like especially in that division two like they would have been aware of the fact that Leash got a result against Roscommon so it's not as if they're coming in totally blind um, you know Evan O'Carroll the week before we spoke about the goal he scored we know the type of player he is and he, you know again he carried that form into last Saturday as well so Leash have a lot of good players you know and they probably wouldn't be historically a team that does very well against Leash Leash no, will, Leash have won six of the last seven. They have, they're yeah, a bogey team, you know, a bogey We've team. Gone up and, to and, our man and beating them up. Yeah, there. just you know, once things like that get into your head and the mentality of the team is not right, um, but I, you know, it's 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 a tough one. I I, I think Armagh will still be there at the business end of things. I think they're gonna they're gonna take beating within the division. I think they've they've a great, you know, opportunity to come out of it. Yeah, so I think if 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 they don't. Like I mean, I don't know. Like I, I think they're, they're. I think they're un- slightly underperforming. I um, talking about Leash are definitely overperforming. Mike Quirk says we're delighted with the performance and the result. We're not overly surprised um, by it because it's what we're seeing in training since we started. And he made reference to everybody talking, and I'm guilty of this talking about the players that left and not yeah. talking about the players that are playing. And we look at Eddie Brennan last year for Leash, and all the talk was lads that didn't want to commit. And Eddie Brennan says I don't care about them, and he'll work with the lads that do want to. And maybe that there's a there's a, like a, a kind of a siege mentality that they might mm. get out of that class. You're the ones doing it. You're the ones we care about. You're the ones putting in the effort. And the players seem to be responding back to that. Yeah. I'd, ra- I'd rather lose with players who want to be here yeah. rather than win have, with players who don't. Have they changed much last year from Suger to Mike Quare? Could he still? Is it something similar? Has he? You know, has he introduced any different structures to how they play the game? Not, not major. No. From the second half. That you from said. the second half. That I saw. <laughs> well, it's still based around getting the ball in early. That that I could see. And like Evan O'Carroll is unmarkable when he's in that form. He loves. Mm-hmm. He, he takes on his men and Armagh I suppose with them not being a defensive team they were sitting ducks for Evan O'Carroll Farker was in on him I don't think he started on him and he wasn't able for him at all um, and Evan O'Carroll scored two from play three frees but he was fouled a good few more times you know uh, yeah. Barry was sticking over frees and uh, a big change to have Cor- a Corbett in goals Graham Brody who isn't yeah. able to get onto the team now Corbett's, Corbett's interesting has played in goals for League of Ireland so we know like the likes of Patton and these fellas have done that and Corbett plays centre f- or wing forward for Clonus Lee. They were in the inter- intermediate final. He is lethal on freeze and he plays similar to Brody. He comes out the field, all that kind of thing. So, like, I mean, it's heartbreaking for me not to see one of <coughs> my favourite goalkeeper in the country not in there, but Corbett looks very good as well. That's class. Quirky time has them all smiling. Then. That's Quirky time has them all smiling and it's looking good. They still have very, very... very a very good forward line and John O'Loughlin's a really solid midfielder mm. and like I mean they're, they're doing well um, they're doing well keeping the score down only four points from play our mass scored with that forward line so like it was very good from Leash Is it is it better for Evan O'Carroll now I don't want to disrespect any of the Kingstons but now that he is the number one main man like he is a king when he's on form but it's like everything is going to go through Evan O'Carroll now rather than it being divvied up or there's a big yeah. man in there but the danger of everything going through Evan O'Carroll is that a good team will double up on him yeah. with big, a big Evan O'Carroll just bullied Farker out of the way last night you know he's a big strong fella but like you need more strings to your bow than just the obvious good lad I look, Colin Murphy is a very good player as well um, anyways, we have to move on from Leash. I'll be accused of being biased here, but it was a yeah. great result. It was a great result for them. You, um, you were at uh, Loud Tip in Drogheda, uh, Colin, like we said. So this was three points up at half time. Then again, against the Gale Force win, getting an early goal to go six up mm-hmm. and holding out on that six until the 56 minute when it all started to go wrong. Yeah, it was. It looked. It, it looked very much as if, um, like the first day against Longford, I thought we were very poor over Pierce Park. Um, 
didn't really get into rhythm at all. Started a few young fellas, gave some debuts, and um, we just didn't look up to it. But I thought yesterday for long periods we worked really hard. Um, Tommy Dorner was manful in the middle of the field. Dermot Campbell, the guy from young club, played full back. He was decent. Emmett Carroll and the young guy centre back was decent. And you know we seemed to be we seemed to be competitive. Now I thought Tipperary would have been better. It's it's not the Tipperary team that played in 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 All Ireland semi final a couple of years ago. Obviously no. with the likes of. You know, um, Colm O'Riordan gone, Mike Quinlivan gone. Um, yeah, McGrath's gone as well. McGrath's McGrath, gone, McGrath, yeah, um, you know, Seamus Kennedy. Like, there's fellas out of the team that's 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 really good. But I think the impact from the bench for, for Tipperary towards the end, they, um, they bring in three subs that all left-footed guys that kick serious scores. Alan, um, oh, what do you call him? Number 22, he came in. He was brilliant. He kicked two great scores off the outside of his boot. Um, where we just hadn't that momentum and I felt we, we look we made a couple of poor decisions I think we took two of our younger lads off Liam Jackson and Paul Paul Matches that were playing in wing positions and you know I thought they were influencing the game we took them off and we didn't really get the impact from the bench they had so right disappointing disappointing Brian so, Fox was outstanding for the whole I heard that he yeah. was excellent you know? yeah he's a really yeah. good industrious yeah. type player so are Tipperary playing a bit Paddy Talley accused Tipperary at, well I, I call it an accusation it's probably not really an accusation <laughs> he said <laughs> um, he said Tipperary played a very defensive style of football it was a 10 all last week against Down um, what were they like against Loud and how what are how are Loud approaching it? We had Wayne Kerrins on the show last year and he sounded like he, he played a, more of a kick a kicking game um, in the first half, I suppose, like in the first half, there was space for the for for the lead players to play inside. As we said, we got a couple of marks inside where you know Liam Jackson played one particular long ball into into Samuel Roy, who I thought he, he had a great game yesterday. Kicked some great scores um, for Mark, and um, we got a mark to Tommy Dornan inside. So there was a, probably a bit of space, but they were they, they were dropping, they were getting behind the ball. But um, the difference, the difference in 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 the likes of Loud and Tipperary, and you look like someone like Donegal in the transition is is serious. They, you know, they break out of the the half back line where the other team is retreating, and they have a bit of space to play. But the minute they hit the forty five, all these teams tend to go lateral. And Loud, you know, when we went lateral, we couldn't get the line breakers. We got one or two young clubs but came off the shoulder. Great, and how it wasn't a black card, I'll, I'll never know. It was a goal chance towards the end of the game, but. Both teams were, were dropping, but we don't seem to have that punch where we get fellas coming at different angles through the middle really quick um, to open up space for inside players to loop around and get shots off. So um, it was really, it was playing the middle toward and, you know, it was, look, it is what it is. As you go down the divisions, it's not it's it's, it's not as good as what, what you're looking at up the divisions. But yeah. um, it was disappointing from a loud point of view because I felt we needed, we needed that two points to, to you know, give us a, bit of momentum going into awfully next Sunday they're, they're not the, the Division 3 and 4 teams aren't as good as moving the ball down at, at, at the field at pace with a bit of conviction and maybe avoiding the stalemates so they seem to find stalemates at both ends because yeah. they're slow with their build up and that doesn't make for a, a good game I think the good teams have moved past that you yeah. know and we see better games then at the higher level yeah they, they, they probably they probably you know put more an emphasis on what they're going to do when they get into the opposition's half rather than how they're going to stop the opposition. Um, and, like, you know, that's why Porrick Joyce's quote is, is is just refreshing to think that he's, you know, sick of looking at this 
you know, backways and for and you know, lateral rather than trying to get the ball forward. And and I don't think, um, like as I said, you've seen Longford last week where I thought he were a little bit better. Um, but both Loud and Tipperary to me yesterday just lacked that real attacking force. I thought Connor Sweeney, who's a player I viewed that huge admiration. Very for, good player, yeah. You know, probably off off form with his, his his shooting a wee bit in the conditions. You can understand that, but. You know, you didn't really see Sam Roy was excellent for Lowe, but you don't really see those surging runs coming through from half backs that you see from 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 the top teams like like Ryan McHugh's support running for Donegal's toward goal was seventy eight yards where he just stays going and they they probe wide to get you to force out to attack them and then they drive hard through the middle. Whereas I just felt we were very you know, we played along the forty five and it is difficult because teams are dropping off you. You know, and then you, we've a lot of younger guys coming in, so they, you know, for for those guys to be just trying to break down those lines, it is difficult, and it's it's a progress, um, that we we need to probably just work a little bit better at. Yeah, yeah, I think all the division three and four teams probably need to do. Mention a, a shout out to Wexford who beat Carlo. None of us tipped this. Um, Division 4 is wide open now as well. Sligo had a great win um, at home to Antrim. But they were 2-6 to 2 points up. Wexford were at half-time. Their full forward line scored all of their scores bar a pint. So scored 2-9 out of 2-10. Um, and Connor Carty was interviewed afterwards and he was asked about buying into Paul Galvin's uh, game plan. He says, we're 100% buying into it. Um, Paul said it at half-time that we had to be brave in the second half, that we couldn't just sit back. We had to attack them and take them on. When we took them on, we won our fouls and created scores. That good to hear, isn't it, from a Division 4 yeah. manager? Don't sit back, go attack them. That's Paul Galvin's way of playing. It's Parik Joyce's way. It's funny, lads, these are from the same era. The more managers, maybe, that are coming from that era that have come through watching the last 10 years that are a bit, a bit tired of it, because I know Paul Galvin tired of watching lateral stuff and so is Parik Joyce. Maybe we might be seeing more teams forced to go out. I'm sick of this. Um, this was a good quote. The way we're trying to play this year, it's more direct. We're trying to give those longer balls, but against the wind, it's not on all the time. It's about decision-making. You have to adapt to the conditions. All sensible stuff, Conan, and it's no surprise if you're trying to get the ball in longer that their full forward line is benefiting from that. Yeah, we should actually uh, cut up a sting of when we had Paul Galvin in here a few <laughs> years ago, and every time he was complaining about hand-passing, and it's bloody hand-passing, no, stupid he hand-passing. he hates soloing and hopping soloing, as well. Soloing, sorry, that's yeah. what it is, yeah. People slowing the ball down. It's like, move the thing on, yeah. is what he wanted, yeah. and that's what he's doing. Well, that's the thing, and I always say it, because of the culture now and the tactics where most, most teams copy each other eventually, every team is pushes up on kickouts. Mm. So you always have one-on-ones if you're fast. If you go along with your kickout and you win the kickout, you have one-on-ones if you're, if you're brave and go down from that. And if you want to play in long balls and Carlo can't get back in time... And that seems to be the way, obviously, we have we didn't see Wexford and Carlo. We're just kind of guessing from who scored and what quotes, you know, what yeah. people are saying. But uh, you were down with Wexford. There's a lot for him to work with down there, is there? Yeah, I, I spent, um, you know, a good bit of last um, spring and summer down with Wexford. I went in with, 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 with Paul McLaughlin to give him a bit of a dig out. And I found him. I found him fantastic lads to to work with, and and talent. You know they have they have they have a lot of talent. Um, you know guys like Owen Nolan, Brian Malone, Glenn Malone, Jim Roster, um, Martin Carroll, great defender. But you know you see Ben getting one five like that's what he has all day long. Even last year in the summer, I remember 
played loud in the first round of the championship and he kicked some scores that day off the, the outside of his boot from, from range and he's a fantastic footballer Jonathan Beelan's another you know highly capable footballer so you know Paul Galvin's obviously going to suit the way these guys want to play yeah and, I think um, that's a Wexford natural game down there as well isn't it kick pass and that's the way with Jason Ryan they always play it best and you know I think they're natural footballers down there yeah they, they have they have very very good players and um you know, most of, most of these counties do have excellent players. It's just getting the right fellas to do the right jobs. Yeah. You know, like when, like, you know, someone like Ben Brosnan dropping into a defensive position and pressing and tackle count, it's not him. Madness. You know, give him the yeah. ball and let him express himself. And, you you, you know, you've seen what he's, he's done and, um, you know, great result for him, especially against a Carlo team that would be would be pushing. Yeah, no, it definitely you know? was. Right, we'll come back and we'll take a look at the Mead-Donegal game. I've had fellas follow me, and not just Cork lads, you know what I mean? Mm. It happens, it happens, yeah. and it does happen. But I'll tell you one thing, it's a lonely spot, and the best thing you can do is keep moving. And I thought Connolly looked to be trying to do yeah. that the last time. Yeah. The camera showed it doesn't look great, yeah, there was, um, maybe they could say it was theatrical or whatever, but like, the reality is that there was contact, and um, I wasn't trying to win a penalty, I was trying to go out and win the ball. You know, actually, it's funny, your man Conan, what's his name on, the, on your programme, like, I, I was wondering if he had the same match as me. He was kind of making out dirty, but unlucky to lose. Like, all right. So this was Donegal three eight Mead seven points, and game pretty much over at half time with the with the Donegal goals. I want to I want to start with Mead. They're a good bit off this top level, aren't they, Colin? Yeah, they've had a difficult start. Um, you know, tough fixtures away to to Tyrone and in, in Oma and Donegal yesterday in Avon. I think Donegal's a real, real good team. Um, it's not their full team though, and they're home to them. Like it was yeah, one I was no, thinking that could potentially get a Yeah, I, I you know, I agree with you. And probably like me down a couple of couple of players too that you know, yeah. Lavin's missing, um Mickey Newman's missing. They've they've a huge problem with the goalkeeper. Huge problem. Yeah, Shane Walsh is missing too. I don't Shane know where, Walsh and Young Conlon yeah. in the corner. So they're well, I'm well, going to give out about their forward soon, but they are missing. They're probably two starters. Yeah, like you know, and and it's three it's, starters it's, with Newman. It's, yeah, but, well, it's a it's a big step up for them. Um, and you know, they probably got a couple of goal chances early on against Tyrone. They didn't take them, and and um, Tyrone's result yesterday against Monaghan would suggest maybe they're not in the place that yeah. that, that people think they are so maybe you know we give we, we give Tyrone too much credit for Mead results but yesterday you know they're not scoring enough Mead they scored you know you know I think an average of, of nine and a half ten points between the two games it's not going to it's not going to be good enough in Division 1 so that's the thing and we, we talked about uh, them recycling too much boss so Killian O'Sullivan uh, drops out around midfield and Audra McFadden Ferry followed him and we know when Audra McFadden Ferry follows you you're going to have a tough day at the office because yeah. he's a hardy bit of stuff and he's 
like he's one of those man markers that marks you all over the field a little bit like Merchant if you're in the half forward line and he's man marking you you don't get any handy balls but anyway uh, uh, Killian O'Sullivan has to contend with that every every game because he's probably Mead's best best forward Thomas O'Reilly played well first ball went into Thomas O'Reilly he got a turn and scored a point mm-hmm. we didn't see that for the rest of the half with the wind it was, it was incredible and the few balls that did go in like I said it, uh, it was Dardis did it Joey Wallace did it um, recycling the ball back out, giving it giving it straight back out the way it came, not taking a uh, not taking a shot on. I can't under I can't understand. There was one incident in the first half when Brian Conlon, the midfielder, turned over the ball and he gave a good early ball down to um, Eamon Wallace on the forty five. Eamon Wallace gets the ball in the forty five. We know he has loads of pace. He runs across. He's on his right foot. Cuts inside in his right foot. Now, how there's not a kick pass on in there to Riley or to whoever's in the full forward line, I don't know. What does he do? Hand pass it off and the next, ne- next hand pass is back mm-hmm. to where that ball is. Like, that, ha- that t- attack there from a turnover, uh, Wallace has to be showing that on the video. Th- that is no good what you've done there. Now we're facing a wall of mm-hmm. Donegal lads again. We had an attack on. You were, you, you were in no way decisive with the ball and you, what you've done there is punish a good move from us. And, and I think I think that would happen. Um, I, I don't think it's a case that the Mead players are saying or the Mead management is saying to Eamon Wallace, you can't pull the trigger in that in that instance. I'd say that's that's a player's choice. Um, like you spoke about the one earlier on where Fenton played the ball inside mm. to, to Joey Wallace. I think it was Joey like, Wallace, not Dardis. That was a like like Joey Wallace. It was a brilliant pass inside fifty yards. So he ne- he now wins the ball, you know, inside the fourteen yard line, right with the, in the one and one with a defender. Like a top class quality forward. Like if you give that ball into David Clifford, he's getting a shot off. You know, you give that ball into Dean Rock, he's getting a shot off. With the wind. Yeah. Mm. Like like you, you know so so Mead have walked the ball into a brilliant advanced attacking position. And the guy who received the ball has made a decision to recycle it back out the field. Like so as I said to yeah, you, I I like like I, I, I know Colm who's involved in coaching the Mead team and um, like I would be, I would be hundred percent nailed on. I'm not sure. I haven't discussed it with him, but I'd be hundred percent nailed on. Like you know, they're encouraging those players to take those those opportunities on, and it's the players that that's refusing to. Right, and and Maybe the recycling, it's a lack of you know, quality, but it's it's probably it, it comes a, down to confidence too, you yeah. know, and and like, but these are these are lads that tore up the Mead Senior Championship. Joey Wallace, Eamon Wallace, Bryony McMahon, yeah. You know, tore up the Mead Senior Championship, and yet they go out against Donegal, and and they're pretty much sniffed out. You know, so it's it's a huge step up from Division Two to Division One, and it's one that they're probably not finding easy. It is, um, and their their kickouts were a disaster as well. Um, it's their goalkeeper Marcus Brennan. He, I think, he's their third choice goalkeeper. Well, well Marcus Brennan retired last year. Marcus yeah. Brennan is the goalkeeper coach, right? So Marcus Brennan, Marcus he played Brennan. minor in O two. Did so he? that's I think it was yeah he played yeah. in the minor final in 02 well yeah that would make him 35 but yeah. the point of this was sometimes I have to wonder about uh, goalkeepers and whether you say to your goalkeeper Colin do you say to him do what you see in front of you decide yourself or do you say and here's another thing say you're going with a gale force wind and this kind of gale force wind has landed on you in a home game and your goalkeeper likes to kick it short would you go to him and say, look, because we have a gale force win, I want you to drop that on the other 45 metre line. The, the point I'm making is, Donegal pressed them, mm-hmm. right? So you've got a gale force wind and you're being pressed. He went short with his kickouts. The minute he went short 
and Donegal pressed it. If Donegal didn't win it, they dropped back and they flooded yeah. the middle middle of the field. They almost headed back ahead of the ball and says, now come at us here. You've won the kick out. Well done. And Meadle played around a couple of times at the back and now they're coming up to face Donegal. Whereas, like, it doesn't make any sense if they're pressing up and you have a gale force win. Surely you say, right, I know our kick out strategy is to go short the odd time, but because of the conditions on on today... We're going to rip up that script and I want you to pump it along only if they press up. If they don't press up, we'll obviously change, you know, change it or whatever. See, I think there's a stat out there somewhere flying about the place that most of the kickouts you go short but you don't score off. Right? It's safe possession. I think there's a couple I think there's a couple of things. Um, f- from my point of view when I was when I was involved with, with Loud, like the guy that's in goals at the minute with Loud, he's probably getting you know, he, he's getting stick at the minute for, for kickouts with Loud and, and he's a serious kicker of the ball. Right. But we had like the only thing that we'd really condition was he had to be he had to have the ball on the tee ready to go ASAP. Right. And if there was something on that we could transition the ball really quick, he he did it. If not, we had areas of the field obviously that we wanted to go to that we we'd better ball when I was like Bevan Duffy was always a safe bet. Throw the ball out to Bevan Duffy, you can guaranteed that it's not going to be one clean over his head. He's either going to win it, and you flood that area with bodies. I think the problem you have at Mead at the minute, I think there's a there's a problem around the goalkeeping thing. And the more you speak about a problem, the more it becomes a problem. And I think there's a lack of confidence there. As I said, you think Marcus Brennan had um, stood down and retired from? As I said, I think he was in giving Gary Rogers was you know, coaching the goalkeepers, and I think Marcus giving him a hand. So fair play to the guy for standing in and and. Yeah, I don't, want to be too critical, I don't want to be too critical no, of I, him. I, I, no, it's 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 a valid question. Like you know, when you get a gale of wind, why do you not go into in, into certain areas with the ball? And I'm sure this is stuff that that has been worked on. But yeah, especially with the Donegal press, because if Donegal were dropping off, you'd say right, we're landing it down to an area they have more mm. bodies. Why would you do that? And then in the second half, right? So Mead pressed Donegal, and Patton's kickouts obviously very good. But the difference between Mead and Donegal is Mead pressed the kick out and then pressed the players with the kick out. You know, that won the kick but out. So they were, when Donegal got past that press, even through a couple of hand passes, they had more joy down the other end. Where Mead never had joy because Donegal, if they didn't win the initial kick out, they were heading, they were heading back. So tactically, Donegal played really smart against the win. They still tried to win the kick out. But if they didn't win it, they were flooding the midfield area. And Mead got no, Mead, Mead, didn't really get any momentum with the wind, and like Donegal got out a lot easier as well against the wind. Like they were they were able to get out against and for the wind, whereas me struggled both ways. Like you yeah. know, and there was just a weird a weird mentality. There was one stage, uh, Killian O'Sullivan he won a free 40, 48 meters out. Like you know, that's the age of the D in a day like that. And he turned around and kicked it back, and again the crowd were like, what "The amount of times they did it." Yeah, put it down. Somebody come out. Who's but the free taker? Come out and put I it over. I don't think they had an established free taker. Like the two free takers is Mickey Newman and Shane Walsh. Um, like they 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 didn't issue a free taking in the Leinster final. They didn't issue a free taking yesterday. They said um, even the goalkeeper is not an established yeah. free taker as such. So way your man Ben Brennan, he came on at half time. He can kick him off the left, but this was in the first half. Yeah, first half. But like yeah. even like that's something that should be discussed beforehand because if that was thirty yards out, then the free taker, whoever has been designated, is coming out to take it. But because it was 47, 48 meters out, nobody even thought there's a score on here. And yeah. like the cornerback came up from that same position and swung one over with about 20 yards to spare. Yeah. Do you know, it was just... And they, were just they were very disappointed. And the one the cornerback the one the cornerback scored, it was David Toner. Yeah. That was recycled from Thomas Riley in the corner. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they play such confused football. It's just, it's not good football for me. It's just not. They it's, don't play good football. But, but, now, I do take the point they're missing three of their best forwards. I know, which, and, and the, the other thing that can't be, you know, can't be emphasised enough is it's a huge step up from from playing, you know, Division 2, coming up to Division 1. Like, Donegal buys pressure. Like, Donegal are a good, good side. Um, and there is a diff, there is a gulf in class between Donegal and Mead. Um, like, Mead's experience, and they got into... You know, Super 8s last year, playing Division 1 for the first time, um, they're down a few bodies, so they don't really have, you know, the, the full hand to, to go to work with as such, and Donegal is, is formidable. Now, look, you can argue that they weren't great yesterday, but they have some, some really, really good footballers. Yeah, no, they definitely do. The, the, the two Donegal goals were both mistakes from Robin Clark, who's a new player in cornerback, so he... He let McFadden Farry inside him way too easily. He could have stopped him. He kind of kind of took a step the other way and almost showed him that way. And then McFadden Farry put on the burners. And then for the second goal, um, he dived in to Jamie Brennan on a mm. ball, which he, instead of just staying goal side, it was too risky. And the minute Jamie Brennan got that in his hands, he was gone past him. Ryan McHugh, Langan, yeah. you know what I mean? Goals. So two of those goals... Sh- with better defending um, would have been but like you said Lavin would probably be in that not Lavin the other cornerback that you mentioned um, yeah McGill no not McGill no McGill's the fullback Lavin is the cornerback yeah yeah Lavin yeah Um, but the other side of it yeah Lavin is the cornerback that was missing uh, look you know I've watched Donegal yesterday and I've watched them in their, their transition play right and it's exceptional they actually you know they hung the they hung the two sidelines right in in high up positions Right, so they're forcing you out all the time to, and they're waiting and they're probing for that. And once they get in, once they get into a situation where, um, they they get a lead, they're quite comfortable actually going back to it. Like it's like watching yeah. soccer. They the will McFadden, actually go back to the goalkeeper. The McFadden Farry goal came after about three minutes of possession from Donegal, didn't it? Like yeah, it was but just it, a consistent if you watch his position, right? Um, you know, Aldrin, Aldrin McFadden was was he was pushed right up into the into the left corner forward position. And you could see it developing, and and I've stopped it. I've watched it again. He was left totally unmarked. Now, you know they 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 probe, they get their line break in that middle toward, and then they play the ball in over the top. But you know you can criticise Robin Robin Clark as such, but the finish, the, the like the bonus he put on, like if Robin Clark makes a tackle there, we back to the situation where he's going to the sin bin because that guy's not inside the the, the small parallelogram. He's not giving away a penalty, um, but. Sensational finish Yeah Donegal are an, an interesting team In that you never really know How they're going to play So they play Kerry and Croke Park Last year And they press up high And they continue to press And then they play Another team At Donegal Or Tyrone up in Breffney Park And they play a very Defensive game plan And then against Mead um, They're playing Against them And they Press the kick out But if they don't win it They're coming back And they're waiting Around midfield So Mead can't really get They're able to mix it up Game on game, yes. Yeah, I think what sorry, Colin. What what they do consistently though is when they have the ball, they sort of leave space in, in, in front of the opposition's goals. So like I know they've had a basketball coaching with them. A lot of people probably have, but like there's a rule in basketball where you can't be in the key under the basket for three seconds, and like that sort of helps the game because it means it's not clogged. And, and they run into that. They run into that. You look but Jamie Brennan seemed to break into that space. And Ryan for McHugh kick played it in for yeah. the penalty. Even like me, the are fault for the McFadden Ferry goal, but he's in there in that space and then it's popped into him. And then Jamie Brennan vacates that space. 
for the Ryan McHugh one to run into for the Wangen goal and they always just leave that free and then that, that probably allows them to have more one-on-one situations as well where they can just find a soft shoulder and we're, we're pointing out the bad defender for me which it was but Donegal are probably thinking it worked yeah but the other side of it too is like when you say they, they pressed up against me yesterday but like like everyone knows me have a problem with the goalkeeper so like you know why they're not going to press up like let's put let's 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 put Marcus Brennan under pressure straight away, um, and let's see can they deliver and and see can you get a high pre- press up there, turn the ball over once or twice. Like they, as I said, the good players, you know, good strong management team, clued into what they're doing. Um, I'd say pretty easy to coach. So y- y- you know you can y- you can change up your options with the team, and and they're probably you know having a look at. What it requires on any given Sunday, and and they adapt to that. Do you, do you, would there be say for example, you like to play a two man full forward line, mm. and you like to drop everybody else behind the ball, and you know there's a disconnect there, and you work it up a bit through the hands and give it in. Say you've got a gale force wind with you, like would managers not say right? Well, that game plan there doesn't suit that gale force wind. I actually think we will leave four forwards up today because we need that option of a kick pass and we need that like would managers change their tactics based on the wind because I get frustrated with teams not using like having a gale force wind is fairy tale stuff like you should basically be going up six points up with a gale force wind like that and the way Mead were set up and the way they played just could never have gotten but, but, uh, like, I, they didn't even look like I would like to see me have kicked seven wides uh, but I have gotten the ball down in there into a dangerous full forward line and, do you know look like right well we're, we have a gale force wind we're going to use it yeah, but I think the problem you have with a gale force wind is is your shot selection right I don't think there was I don't think there was areas where you know Mead had a problem working the ball into certain areas like made a point earlier on like like you know 50 yards now is like the top of the D with the gale of wind you had yesterday. So an inter-county player really should be, you know, once he gets into that zone, he should be he should be able to kick the ball from, from 50 yards over the bar. And that forces the opposition out to, to play it. So there was, you know, Donegal are never going to change. So, like, Donegal are always going to swarm men back. So, you know, had Meade kicked the ball into that area yesterday, handing the ball over to the team that can tr- transition it very, very quick, right? But... What I feel the wind affords you the, the opportunity to do is is take more scoring opportunities from further out the field where you don't actually have to be 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 really accurate with your ball worked into certain areas. You can get fellas off the shoulder and pop. Like Donald Kyogen came onto the ball yesterday and had a great chance to kick a score and miss. Yeah. Um you know, Robert Clark came into an area and he was dispossessed, he could have got a shot off. They got a ball into a real good offensive area with Joey Wallace and he didn't get a shot away. When you see Donald Kyogen being able to come onto a ball at pace mm. and he makes it look so easy, you wonder how more players don't do you know, like because Donald Kyogen only knows one way to go. Mm. And that's at the goals. And that's in him. Do you know what I mean? And when he takes a ball on a burst, he'll generally get past a line and he could have a shot on. I agree, like he got into a good mm. position there. I thought he, like he, could, he could have scored. But the, you don't see enough players just wanting to do that. Uh, there, there's such a fine balance there because that's, that's the one thing managers will be saying. Like you, Somebody break a line, like break a tackle, go at them. But at the same time, they'll be saying, do not lose that bloody ball in the tackle. So then yeah. there's players who are like Donald Kugan where it's like, yeah, Go at them, but He's strong enough to do it. All the people like get rid of it, and then it's like, as, as Colin says, if you lose the ball in the tackle around the forty-five, it's it's game but, over. But I think Donegal, I think Donegal hold possession and probe, right? 
with a clear direction and how what they're looking for and how they're going to attack it. Right, as I said, you're getting people in those wide high positions, and you know the ball's going laterally, but they're waiting for that one breakdown and one move. Whereas, you know, you see, you see, you see teams like, like, if, like, like loud, like Tipperary, where they're, they're they're going in that U effect from the corner to the to the forty five to the forty five to the corner to the other corner, and you're just moving around, and and you're doing a hoping does a line break rather than, you know, this is how we're going to get it. You see. Donegal boys dropping out all the time for the next man up coming to change the line where you see the other teams and they're just probing hoping something happens inside and I think that's the difference between the real real good yeah. tuned offensive teams and, and, and the lesser teams as such and, and Donegal done it so well yesterday yeah they're so natural with the ball in hand yeah. and t- there's two sides of this there's being outside a screen um, and trying to get through it and then there's trying to have your attack down, get down the field fast mm. enough that you don't ever face that you know, and Donegal are good at both of those things and that's what separates them a little bit I think because how Donegal, Donegal were able to close down the space against the wind and they had loads of space with the wind yeah. Do you know, yeah. now tactically I think Meade didn't help themselves with that either but that's the way this game went Donegal closed all that down for Meade and Donegal had loads of it to run into and tactically that's where Meade got it well it was, it was tailor made for Donegal the way it set up because Meade had to chase the game in the second half yeah so Donegal sit back and mop it up but but the line break for like the support run for Ryan McHugh for the third goal was absolutely incredible. And then when you leave space, like guys like Jamie Brennan, yeah, just crucify you with his pace and his his, his strength and his finishing ability. Definitely, yeah. Conan. Anything to add there? No, before but, we but it's like we're we're talking about these these weaker teams and how they sort of break through that that sort of blanket defence. And if you look at Dublin, for example, like they have. They go in numbers like it's not like you know Donald Kugan right away you go like Langan followed up Ryan McHugh for for that goal they they all went and, and hunted in packs Dublin have a, a bit of a different way in that Kilkenny Fenton these Dean Rock will come and collect the ball in a tight area and it's so bloody tempting then when somebody's twenty yards out and they've slowed up that everybody wants to try and nail them because you think you have your chance but then that's when the Dublin boys are flying off their shoulder and it's popped and it's over the bar yeah so they're sort of attracting numbers to them and then somebody's freed up because of that but you have to trust that there's going to be people coming with you and not just giving it to Kugan and thinking, right, that's it, job done. That's the thing. And I suppose when you give a ball into a full forward line, maybe there's another element that has been recycled because there's no options for them as yeah. well. Like, do you know that yeah. where other teams have pop passes, Kilkenny was able to pop pass yeah. to young O'Brien. Is it Dan O'Brien? Yeah. And for him to score, there has to be support play up. I just think there's a fear factor of those weaker teams. Not to, There's a fear factor I, I, I not to make mistakes and not to go uh, at absolutely. it like, play with a bit of abandon. Like the bo- like like possession possession wins all day long over taking a chance. and, and Yeah. Like to be real effective as a, as an offensive team, you have to take chances and you know calculated risks. You, you but we're act- not willing to take no. any at the lower level. No, you know, and that's that's the thing. You actually hear more groans from the crowd now when you're trying to keep possession than you would with a cross field kick pass that doesn't go to the go yeah. to hand. Mm-hmm. Crowd will see that you've tried to do something there, but if you're just hand passes straight back out, <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> yeah. how do the players not hear that? Yeah, you know, yeah. and not be a little bit embarrassed by that. Anyways, listen, give out here all the way part, through part two. Right, we'll be back with performance of the weekend. When your legs don't work like they used to before. I was actually coming home on Saturday morning and I had the podcast on for Newbridge Southern Eight and that that helps the journey to be honest if I'm if I ran out of end Ed Sheeran songs. Depends on mood I'm in. Ed's good for uh, if you're in a sloppy mood, Ed's good to sing along to you and then 
if you're in a GA head mood, which I am probably most of the week, then I turn these boys on. Darling, I will be loving you till we're 70. All right, performance the weekend, and we just mentioned him at the end of the last part, Jamie Brennan. He only scored two points, but he was fouled for two penalties. He was fouled again for one that should have been a penalty. Or he's fouled for, was it the two penalties? Yeah. Yeah, him for both penalties. Then he was fouled for the free that should have been a penalty. He hit the crossbar. He scored two points. Like, he's a live wire. Like, he, he's exactly what you need. He knows no recycling. He'll only recycle at the very, very last resort. He knows taking on his man, pulling two men to him, and then passing. Not a recycle. You know what I mean? Passing it off or getting on the end of the move. He's magic. And it's an interesting one with him. After the, after the provincial championships last year, he was in the running for player of the year. And in the Super 8s, completely lost it. Completely lost it. He looked like a very ordinary player. So I don't know why that happened or what happened to him, Colin, or whether you have any theories on that. He was flying it during the league as well. So maybe seeing him flying in the league this year, I'd be like, Jamie, pace yourself this year. <laughs> we need you for the Super 8s. Yeah, I don't know. He is, he's a live wire. Um, yeah, An exciting he, player. Yeah, he's always on the great finisher, great brain, aggressive into open spaces. And, you know, he's just, he'd be a dread to, tr- mm. you know, to try and mark and come up against. Yeah. It's an interesting one you mentioned about that keeping that big area open because it wasn't that one of Joe Brawley's uh, potential changes that no forward could come That's inside right, his yeah. own. But it does make sense that if you if if all forwards don't occupy this space around the goals, generally a sweeper wants to cover players rather than stand in the yeah. middle of no. You know what I mean? In the middle, it would probably take a while during a game for that to be copped onto. You know what I mean? For a manager on the line. Yeah, and like if a sweeper stands there, the first thing everybody in the line is shouting, "What are you doing back there? There's no one to cover. You're not doing You're anything." Sweeping there. in front of the keeper, get the hell out, push out, put pressure on, and then that's what Donegal want because they have Jamie Brennan and Michael Murphy powering through and they all had space in and if they break one tackle they're potentially three on goal and yeah. yeah and like Brennan was also the one who put Ryan McHugh away do you know so he had a hand he had a hand in that so goal much like he did and like when when Donegal are like the team of half forwards and half backs essentially that's a really good system that they've devised yeah. when you think of the players they're missing lads Donegal are a serious serious uh, uh, team there's no doubt about that when you look at the amount of top quality players that weren't there when you look at McBrearty obviously McNeilish isn't there Young Gallon wasn't there um, Patrick McGrath McGrath wasn't there Jason McGee in midfield wasn't there like they're missing an awful lot of you know of their best players and still able to go down destroy destroy Mead away so look they're definitely in the, in the run and we mentioned t- uh, Thomas O'Reilly he scored that first point early wasn't brilliant but got two very good points against the wind and a bit of an also ran corner forward but in full forward and like I could never play corner forward but I was a decent full forward and there's a huge difference because number one you're not marking a specialist marker you're marking a full back that's probably not going to mark you as tightly so often a corner forward could get a huge lease of life David Clifford's gone into full forward mm-hmm. now he'll be marked by a specialist you can be sure about <laughs> yeah. that but then the problem with that is that the the traditional full back now has to go into the corner so it's not an ideal thing for anybody then so a move into full forward for a scoring forward is, is a, probably like a new lease of life yeah he's he, the first point he, he kicked yesterday was a stunning score where he just got it torn and kicked and um, to kick to kick three points in play yesterday was was a big performance and um, I just feel I, I just feel, feel me don't have enough of those forwards um, 
So he's he's crucial to them at this minute in time with Shane Walsh and and Newman out. Newman, Newman probably out, gets yeah. fourteen though when he comes back, I suppose, doesn't he? Yeah, well, look, the, mo- the modern game now, it's not as if, like, when you're playing two f- two up front, you know, it's not a case if one sits I- in the full ah, forward yeah, position no and one in the corner. 40. So, the, like, like that is, that's probably changed a wee bit, so... Um, Why are they all playing with two? Why is that they haven't got off three. so much? <laughs> Why they might not have three? <laughs> they haven't got three. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because even, even Kerry are playing two. They're playing uh, Clifford and... Maybe Tommy Walsh and Geeny's actually been a player. Or James, I don't know who Geeny goes out. And did you see the ball Geeny gave Clifford for his first pint? Oh my God. How anyone couldn't score a pint. It was a reverse no look kind of pass. Yeah. Back in the field. Mm. That's unmatched. You can't defend against that. But it's interesting. Kerry's desperation to play two inside is making James, I don't know who, or Geeny play outside, which they're not not suited to. Play the three of them. Play one slightly in front of the other. I thought maybe. Gini Clifford with James O'Donnell slightly in front of him. Well, like Mickey Moore, and this is with Derry and Mayo a few years back, used to play three full forwards, but they were all occupying right in front of the goals, and then just they would break. I think Connor Mortimer talked about it, and he's called it the nut formation, and they were all just in pile on top of each other and then break as soon as there oh, was a. In a little circle yeah, and break in different directions. So That's an old one, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what three options, and the thing about three is that a sweeper stand in front of two, where mm-hmm. a sweeper stands in front of three. It's a lot more difficult for him to cover that that area if you're breaking, you know, into different areas. I I don't know. I just think that some too much teams just follow the leader. You know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe just just a case of 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 doing it. I suppose. Bec- like if you're taking someone from anywhere, it's probably take someone from the highest line up the pitch where, you know, if if you're going to give anyone free men, give us them back there. Um, I I, I couldn't imagine anybody like you're playing Dublin. You're not going to leave one of the Dublin halfbacks free. You know, so if you're taking someone out, you're obviously you're probably going to take them for your inside line. But it's 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 you know, doctors differ, patients. Die, it start, it's probably started with teams' desperation to bring yeah. back a sweeper, yeah. and now it's just taken yeah. off from there, right? Yeah. But you know what? That's a good point about the sweeper, though, because imagine the carry full forward line. The sweeper is going to want to stand in front of Clifford. Yeah, but if they're all piled together, then it's harder for him to just watch Clifford. If they're spread out, he's like, right, I'll stand in front of him and let the other lads have the ball. Yeah, yeah. But I it's don't harder. Know. Yeah, it's a, it's a better but, tactic. But but you made a very valid point there, right? The pass that Ganey played played into Clifford. Was sensational, mm. excellent, right? So maybe who's gonna who's gonna probe the opposition defense better? Is it James O'Donoghue and Paul Ganey, or is it Jack Barry? Yeah, you know. So getting those guys in that middle toward, they can probably they know the ball. They know the yeah, ball. I do they, find Ganey's taking on more work yeah. than I would like to see him doing it. But he, geez, he knows how to give a pass. Now you would like to see his finish was beautiful. Yeah. It was a lovely, tasty little finish. I thought just on that. Tactically, Mayo did the right thing when they went the man down. So they brought on Tommy Conroy, who's full of running, and they left him inside on his own. Mm-hmm. So now Merchant was follow was standing in front with very uh, conservative use mm-hmm. of Merchant by Desi Farrell. Merchant's covering Tommy Conroy, who's been marked. Mm. So now Mayo have twelve against twelve, all the rest of the field. Yeah. Do you know that if you're a man down, Absolutely. put one man in on his own, let the sweeper fo- cover just one man. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then you're you're matched up everywhere else on the field. It's actually the, tactically the right thing to do. Yeah, it does. Yeah, because it negates the sweeper because it makes it a twelve v twelve game until you get deep into the the, the exactly uh, Dublin. Yeah, and then just on. don't kick it in that often, you know, unless yeah. it's play more of a mm. running game and you've got it, you've got the teams evened up. So I thought that was smart. Conor McCarthy uh, scored four points 
We're waiting for him to step up, lads. He's got uh, obvious class. He does it for UCD the whole time. Yeah. Like, I mm. mean, he's a big player in that regard. But I don't know. I think maybe Maliki's system might not have suited him. He's a small, smaller type of player who's very accurate. And, you know, he's not really suited to the two-man full forward line. And then maybe in the half forward line with it, too much work. Maybe yeah. Banty's system might release him a little bit to get the best out of his accuracy. He's 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 talented and he showed that at times in the past. You know, this isn't the first time he's popped his head up with, with, with big performances. Yeah. Like he some of his, his scores yesterday against her own were excellent. Um look he he's done it in the past. He needs to do it over a sustained period of time. Maybe for whatever reasons he didn't play enough under Maliki, maybe that was Maliki or maybe it was it was it was Connor. Yeah, you weren't sure where to play him. You see, when you again yeah. a two-man full forward line that he's not part of, so yeah. now he's all over the place. Mm. He's he's a forward that stays up in the forwards. I think Banty might be changing him slightly. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you watched the highlights last night, you would just assume that he was one of their main men, like the, the scores he was kicking. And yeah, the, yeah, but he's, right. he's done that in the past. Has you but know. never consistently. Yeah, no, and like that's that's the thing. So I I'd like a brilliant performance just against their own. I'd be holding judgment just. Yeah, yeah. Till the end of the National League to see more performances from him. From him. Interesting enough, because um, I fancied Tyrone based on the first round results. And when you see how good Galway have been, especially should have beaten Kerry away, Monaghan did really well against them away in Salt Hill. Do you know what I mean? And now and then hammer Tyrone by all accounts. Tyrone, Mickey Hart said the scoreline flattered him. Monaghan looked to be going well under, under Banty. Yeah. I know it's, ve- look, it's very early but, again, but, and I'm not going to start but, drawing conclusions. <laughs> no, I know that, but. but they're very commendable, the Monaghan lads. They give it, they give it everything they, they have all the yeah. time, and and every time they go out, you can't fault them for effort. And they have, they have some very, very good footballers like McManus, Hughes, both Darren and Kieran Hughes, um, Carlo Connell got a goal yesterday. yesterday. Like his, his his support run for the goal was yeah, and Karen's in midfield was meant yeah, to be yeah, very good. You know, so like they've they've Beggin Beggin's a top top class keeper. Yeah. So um, can I just say while we're on the Monaghan throwing game, the Sunday game last night, it, it, it just mentioned that there were three red cards and it didn't it, show any of them. It no. cuts to David Goff giving the red card. I was like, what's it for? Bizarre. That, that would be like saying Conor McCurphy scored a lovely point and it cuts to the umpire waving the flag and we, <laughs> yeah, we didn't yeah. see what happened. No, that was bizarre. They didn't show the sendings really off. Annoying. I don't. I don't know why. I have to compliment League Sunday though. They've upped oh, the yeah, game big time. Outstanding yeah. stuff and concentrate mm-hmm. again. This. No complaints with it whatsoever, and I would have been a critic of it down through the years. It's lively, it looks good, and they show, they show plenty of highlights. It's actually, I would argue and say, it's better than the Sunday game was last year. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They're showing more extended highlights of games you haven't seen. The Sunday game last year, I'm sure they'll improve that this year as well. But anyway, I wanted to say that. Kieran Brady, I was man of the match for Cavan. This was a very interesting game. A former team of yours, uh, Colin Westmead, had... Or, they went 6-2 down and they had a man red carded after 25th minute. They were 1-11 to 8 down after 50 minutes. So they came back from 6-2 down, then they came back from 1-11 to 8 down. They outscored uh, Westmead 1-9 to 2 points for the remainder of the game after 50 minutes. Um, John Heslin was sent off late. Westmead had three players sin-binned. So I suppose Cavan being a man down wasn't too much of a disadvantage when we'd go and have yeah. three players uh, sin bin. So that was a huge result for Cavan because I was actually sitting at the Armagh game looking at the start of this going Westmead were 6-1 up and saying to the lads Jesus we've get Cavan now fairly soon while their yeah, morale yeah. is, is yeah, really low and now they're after having this bloody brilliant comeback and it's a whole it's a whole change game. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a tight division. That that result for if you know had Westmead got out there with a win, it would have been it would have massive, been a yeah. massive result. And you know they've they've some players back in Paddy Holloway, um, Kevin Maguire, um, Ray Cannell, and you know they're starting to get a strong squad together. So it would have been a little bit disappointing for them. Um, but in fairness to Cavan, you know again they've they've consistently plied a trade at that level between one and two for the last couple of years. So. Albeit a poor performance against Armagh last week, I was, you know, I was never in doubt that they they, they were going to come back at some stage. You know, they wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't it's just see the players them. they're missing. You see, yeah, is they're, they're I don't see them being a division three team. Um, I I really don't. But it's such a tight division. The team that needs a mention in that too. I know going different thing is Clare. Like, yeah, know, that was fair, a great win. Fair, fair play to them. You yeah, know? no, they've but they've been solid as well. Like, yeah. I mean, they've been solid. With, division without two Gary two. Brennan, like you know, and, uh, and Jamie Malone. Yeah, yeah. 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 Caelan Sexton got the scores in that one. The, yeah. the late scores, and he's new, he was away last year, so to have mm. him back, and the Pierce Lillis playing wing back that wasn't there last year, so. They are offset. They're not as good, obviously. As no, Brennan is a terrible loss. Mal- and Brendan Malone, Malone are, yeah. are big, big players. Ah, they are. They're Division One players. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kieran Kilkenny is the last one here. There's Evan O'Carroll, obviously. We've mentioned him. Ben Brosnan, we've mentioned him. Kieran Kilkenny's two matches for Dublin, two man of the matches. Like there's, there's not much this fella can't do. Like he never stops. Like this fella could do anything for you. Like he mm. actually could. He could play full forward and be brilliant he can play centre forward he can play as a working half forward who wins kickouts. he can track he's an engine he can kick off both feet is there anything that he can't do on a Gaelic he can catch over his head like we saw that with the mark last week and he wins kickouts. is there any flaw or weakness now that he's obviously taken this kind of negative possession based aspect to his game where he was too fond of passing it sideways or backwards now that he's aggressive and he's a forward looking player he is unreal. Mm. I remember uh, watching him in Crew Park against the Mayo, the, sem- the Mayo semi-final last year, and he was tracking Jeremy O'Connor all the way into cornerback, and he had his hand on him, and he just looked like a classic cornerback. And I thought, right, he actually can do every oh, single. He's played thing wing back on the pitch. He's yeah, played wing, wing back, back for them when they mm. needed an extra. For- and uh, do you know what he is? There's a bit of a bully about him on the field too. He's mm. not on the field to make friends. No. Do you know, none of the dubs are, to be fair, that much. But Kilkenny doesn't want to be anybody's buddy on the field. He's a, he can be cynical when he wants. He's a winner. I don't know. I've turned from being very frustrated by him to back-loving him again. Oh, yeah, but that's a scary thing. Like, I think some of the reason there might have been frustrations about him over the last few years was that we all knew how good he was. And now it's, like, it's, it's actually frightening that he, he's just deciding to take men on now whenever he, he wants to like, yeah. you know, because he'll beat anybody yeah he's built like a bull as well isn't yeah, he yeah like what people probably fail to forget is like when he started coming onto the scene first as a minor and under 21 like I had the pleasure of coming up against him managing Loud in an under 21 Leinster final and at that that stage he was a scoring machine yeah he was an inside forward that yeah. was an absolute scoring machine as a minor as a 21 and um probably developed a different phase of his game where he became Dublin's link man for, for want of a better word he was the go-to man he was safe with possession he made a lot of things happen but the scoring end of his game probably drifted off a bit but he's proven in this last couple of weeks now he's you know he's he ticks all the boxes you know he's yeah. a physical specimen he's you know he's he's always giving he's always making the right decisions on the ball and he, you know he's starting now to get his scoring tallies back up which is which is 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 
you know, scary for the, for, for the rest of the teams out there. Yeah, no, definitely was. So performance of the weekend. I think we're going to give it to Jamie Brennan. He only scored two points, but Christ almighty, how much damage can you do outside of two points, <laughs> outside of two <laughs> points um, in a match? Absolutely unmarkable. So yeah, Jamie Brennan, I'm sure not for the first time this year, is performance of the weekend. So that's it. Um, from us, we'll be back on Thursday and we'll preview next week's round of league games. So we'll talk to you then. Good luck. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas, he gets such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we put him back in their houses for 10 years. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.